Oh, how sweet it is. This is the Back Row Bengal Sports Podcast. I am your host, Josh Miller. You can follow me on Twitter, follow my blogs. And if you are a business and you're looking to sponsor a podcast, hey, I am sponsorless and I am still looking for a sponsor and I would love to work with you. Just let me know. I have no strings attached, so it'll be lickety split super easy. Uh, it is week three, and the Bengals finally get it done, and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Heinz Field in very decisive fashion, winning 24-10, to looking very, very good. I mean, this team looked like a freaking football team. They played together. They played sound. This looked like a team that knew what it was doing. This looked like a team that was clearly better than the uh, than the Steelers. They were clear, and they were clearly better. They they beat them on both sides of the ball. They out muscled them on the uh, offensive line and defensive line. Absolutely looked great. Held the Steelers to no sacks. And my goodness, that offensive line looked like a unit. Was it a completely polished game? Absolutely not. There's still a lot to pick at, but I gotta tell you, as someone who went into this game very very nervous and very cautious because. I thought personally, I think a lot of us did, is that we needed to win this game in order to show a turning of the page. And we did, and we did it in the best way possible. This team looked great. Joe Burrow bounced back after throwing an early interception. Jamar Chase, two touchdowns. Logan Wilson picked off Ben twice. The defensive line was in the backfield all day long. The offensive line snaps the 75-game streak that the Steelers have had of getting a sack on the quarterback. They allowed zero sacks. Absolutely incredible. Joe Mixon, another, you know, not a flashy game, but an efficient game. Got the first downs when we needed it. And my goodness, this defensive line just looks downright scary. And it was just a great game to watch. And it looked, it looked very, very good. Um, so let's get go ahead and get into the game. And, uh, I mean, look, I understand it. Like, the Steelers are not a good team. I don't know how that happened against Buffalo. I don't know how they won in Buffalo. I mean, special teams played a part of it. Get that. I know they're without... TJ Watt, I know they're without uh, Highsmith. I believe it's Kyle's his first name. I forget. Um, but they're, they're, they were battered and beaten across the defensive line. But, you know, here's the thing. What do good teams do to bad teams? They beat those teams, and they beat them decisively, and that's exactly what the Bengals did. I would say, I would say once Jamar Chase got that second touchdown at the very end of the first half, it was pretty much over from there. The Bengals got the ball back, drove right down. They only came back with a field goal, but I got to tell you, putting the points on the board, getting a nice drive in, uh, it really takes uh, takes a toll on that defense, especially in the NFL and especially with how physical the Bengals were on Sunday. I want to start out with the most impressive part of this Bengals team so far, and we got to start on the defense, and we'll start with the defensive line. I mean, my goodness, they are absolutely wreaking havoc. And I got to tell you, I mean, it just makes the, look, it makes the rest of the defense look that much better. And I also got to say, the coverage was very, very good. Coverage was very good. I got to say... Even, uh, you know, our weak link, Eli Apple, on the side, he was still really good. I mean, kept him out of the end zone for I mean, for the entire game except for once. Uh, they forced an 18-play drive. They bucked up at the very end, and they held him to a field goal, and that led to a Bengals touchdown right after that. And it was it was a great all-around game uh, for the defense. The de- so, and, and here's the thing about the defensive line doing so well. It just allows for us to do so many other things. It allows for the linebacking core to do so many other things. I would like to see more blitzes, but I got to tell you, Lou Anaruma called a very good game. He is three for three on good games. I got to say, the defense played good in Chicago. Uh, the, they won the game against the Vikings when uh, they caused a fumble against Dalvin Cook, and they held him to a small amount of yards. And I got to give a congratulations to Mike Hilton for 
coming out and beating his former team. That's always a great feeling, and it's always a great feeling to do it in Heinz Field, especially how bad they treated him after um, he left. Uh, but I got to say, it, so back to the defensive line, it, they made such a huge impact by getting in there and, and constantly hitting Ben. I believe they had four sacks, uh, which is huge. I mean, that's exactly what we're looking for. Big Ben is just so hard to bring down, and we've had problem after problem every single year of bringing him down, even when we have him wrapped up. But this team finished every single tackle on him, and it, it was it was a definitely a breath of fresh air. And then this allowed for Logan Wilson to play as good as he did. I mean, he he was all over the field. I mean, two interceptions, and uh, two one of the interceptions leading to touchdown, leading to a touchdown. I believe the other one did as well. And it just it created so much more momentum. But I gotta say, there were a lot of the sacks were coverage sacks. We gotta give it up to this coverage. This secondary has been far, far, far superior than it was last year. They were able to actually come up, make a play. They held, I mean, I, I didn't even hear Juju Smith-Schuster's name the entire game. Uh, I mean, Najee Harris had the most passing yards, or had the most yards uh, through the air, I believe. And, um, I mean, there were just so many dump-offs to him because the coverage had everybody locked up, and they really did have everybody locked up. And that allowed for our defensive line to get through it and have such a and have the day that they did. I understand that the Steelers are not a good football team, and I understand that they are beaten up. But I got to tell you, what do good teams do against bad teams? They beat them. That's what they do. And they went into Heinz Field, which is never easy to do. And they not only did they beat them, they beat them by two scores. It's the first time in a very, very long time we've beaten the Steelers by two scores. Uh, just absolutely incredible to see. I understand I'm repeating myself a lot, but um, I'm trying my best not to. Uh, I got to say, Logan Wilson is just from how I'm looking at it right now. He's having a Pro Bowl year, and I, I got to. And you could say that about a lot of our guys right now. You can say that about Jamar Chase. Uh, he can definitely. He's definitely got to be a candidate for Rookie of the Year at Week Four. He's already up for Offensive Rookie of the Week for a second time this year. So, I mean, he if he can get that. And last time I checked, he was leading. So that is kudos to Bengals Twitter for going out and actually showing up and showing these players love. And that's something that. You know, again, that's something that the Bengals really tried to bring fan engagement back, and we're seeing it. We're seeing the fruits of their labor, and it's, it's very impressive to see, and it's, it's really awesome to see uh, this front office engaging the fans and these fans loving it right back. I do believe on Thursday night when we play Jacksonville Jaguars, it will be an absolute packed house. I can't wait to see you guys. Uh, I'll be there, Stripe Squad. It's going to be awesome. But anyway, back to the game. So uh, defense, uh, if I had to give them a grade, I'd say I'd say they they played an A minus game. I'd say they're they're still not all the way there yet. That one driver that the, uh, the Steelers scored a touchdown. There there was a couple of misreads, missed assignments. But at the end of the day, they got it done. They played good enough to win. And and look where we are now. We are two and one. We got to win inside of the division, which is always hard. And I got to say, watching the Ravens and the Browns this year, I don't know how the Ravens pulled off that W. Um, I got to say, both of them don't look like the teams that everybody was making them out to be. They don't look as good. I think both games are winnable against them. I mean, obviously, I would I would say that it's going to be a lot easier to beat them in Paul Brown Stadium. But I got to say, this is these this team, this Bengals team can have or can go out and go beat the Browns. They can go beat the Ravens. They can win this division. I really truly believe that if they keep playing like they do um but especially this defense this defense has just been playing so lights out they just gotta but they gotta keep it up we gotta stay healthy uh two big things another another great great uh spotlight that we need to focus on bj hill that man is absolutely 
a stud. What a pickup for the Bengals front office, trading Billy Price, somebody who's not even going to start for a starting defensive tackle, who's got, I believe he's already got two or three sacks now. He had one big sack against Ben, and, you know, he's just rushing, and, he, man, he is a force to be reckoned with. Larry Ogunjobi has been having a season where you can see, like, he's coming back out of his shell. I, I think when he was with the Browns, he maybe stuttered a little bit, and he wasn't as good. I mean, and he probably was behind, uh, you know, Miles Garrett with a lot of those, you know, sacks, and he was behind a lot of that spotlight, and he was kind of in the shadows. But now he gets a t- chance to really, really shine, and he is looking really, really good. So this, I mean, this is just another game that Bengals fans got to look at, and they got to give kudos to the front office for making the moves that they did. Uh, I mean, Trey Hendrickson, another good game. Uh, Larry O, another good game. B.J. Hill, another good game. Uh, Mike Hilton, again, again, the secondary was locked down. The reason that the defensive line got so many sacks was because of the coverage uh, covering everybody up, and they were locking everybody down. And, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the sacks, probably about two or three of them, Ben probably had, uh, I would say, three to four seconds, and that's about how much you can ask for in the NFL. And the coverage was able to hold everybody down, especially with the receivers that the Steelers have with Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool. And I got to say, I don't understand how Steelers fans are okay with how their players act. I don't get it. I would say if my team was playing as bad as they were or my receivers were dropping 10 balls, 10 balls, those receivers – for the Steelers dropped ten balls this game. I mean that, and that—that's just honestly, that's them being scared. That's exactly it. I don't understand how Steelers fans are okay with their team acting the way that they do, not practicing, you know, focusing on their freaking TikToks and focusing on social media, and not focusing on the game and looking absolutely garbage out there. I want to go to one thing now that we're here. I want to talk about what Tyler Boyd said, and he said that. The Steelers laid down at the end of the game, and they, they really started – they gave up. And you know what? And everybody can say it's bulletin board material. Sure, it's true. It's true. The, the Steelers gave up at the end. They really did. They looked terrible. I mean, go to the dump-off play that Ben Roethlisberger had to Najee Harris on a fourth and goal from, you know, the 15. They didn't even take a shot at the end zone. Bengals were there, easily stacked him up. And Najee Harris is a big, big boy. It's, it takes a lot to bring him down, and the Bengals did exactly that, and they brought him down. They looked really, really good. And it's just it's just great to see that. And um, it, it's so, it's just so good to see the Bengals' defense go out there and, and physically dominate the Steelers, and that's exactly what they did. Let's hop on over to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Joe Burrow had a uh, pick in the first, I believe, his second drive. And instead of letting that turn in from one pick to two picks, he he turned it around, got a touchdown. The next one came out, and at the end of the, at the end of the first half, scored a touchdown with I believe. I mean, it was only like a minute left, and I believe we only had one timeout, and we didn't even use it. It was three plays and then end zone. That is something you just do not see from the Cincinnati Bengals is at end of the end of the half, end of the game on offense, putting together a drive, a touchdown drive, and, and you know what? That was a that was a big kick in the uh, kick in the you know what to the Pittsburgh Steelers to give up a touchdown with 40 seconds left in this first half, and I I think that's where it really started to set in that this Bengals team is going to come out and absolutely demolish this Steelers team uh, again. And look at that! Kudos to the offensive line and Frank Pollock. They had another great game and they were banked up. Uh, we had questions with Jackson Carmen starting, and man, he he came out and he he played he played really really well. Made some mistakes. If you go to the All-22, you can see he made some mistakes. But I got to tell you, 
he is looking up and up, and he's looking like that second-round pick we thought he was going to be. And hopefully we keep him at the starting position uh, for the rest of the season because he is going to make mistakes. He's a rookie, and that's going to be okay. But we need him to make those mistakes. We need him to learn from those mistakes. It seems like from everything that we have heard from Frank Pollock and from training camp, even though he came in maybe a little out of shape, he was coming in off of an injury, uh, he worked his ass off to get back on the field, get back into shape, and now he's back on the field, and this offensive line gave up zero sacks, and that is something that uh, we you just got to like look in awe at, especially with how bad the offensive line last year was and, and how bad that people were saying the offensive line was going to be. And they gave Joe a lot of time, especially if you look at Jamar Chase's second touchdown, um, Joe Burrow threw it to his fifth read. Hey, that was his fifth read. And the reason that he was able to get to his fifth read was because the offensive line gave him such a pocket that was gorgeous. Put it up on Twitter. I mean, I'm still just slobbering over that pocket. It looked absolutely gorgeous. Joe had so much time, untouched, got the ball off. Incredible. Again, not perfect. Joe had a couple rushes. He had that one where he had to go out and make a play. And you know what? That's something that Joe Burrow is supposed to do. That's why we drafted him. That's why he is the leader of this team and the leader of this franchise. Sometimes when everything breaks down, he's got to go out and make a play. And that's why we drafted him. And he did that. He he juked out two Steelers, and they fell over each other. He didn't get the first down, but he got us up to the. He got us up to a yard or two yards away, and I believe we did go for it and didn't make it. And and that's just something that again the offensive line still need, still have work to do. We still have work to do. We still got to learn from mistakes. But I got to tell you, this offensive line is looking is looking up. It's looking up. That's all I'll say. They're not there yet, but they're looking up. The PFF grades were definitely much higher than what we've seen in the past, and they just look absolutely great. So. It's been it was it was a great game for the offensive line to show out, but again, mistakes still got to clean them up. One problem I will say that I did have with the offensive the offensive side of the ball was when we're trying to milk the clock. Uh, we had two drives at the end of the game in the fourth quarter. Two drives took up four minutes, and you know with with Big Ben and how what we the Big Ben that we know the Big Ben that we faced for years. Uh, that's too much time to give them when they're only down two touchdowns. I mean, it's, it's a two-score game. It really is. You go down, touchdown, touchdown, and then just like that, it's a tie ball game in Heinz Field, and, and that's going to be hard. To, and that's going to be hard to come back from. But uh, they, they, the defense stepped up, and the defense saved the offense's ass. And again, it just kudos to to the defense for for doing that. So when it gets down to that fourth quarter, and it gets down to the last five minutes, we generally and this has been under the zach taylor regime we've had a hard time closing these games out we've got to find a way to close these games out on one drive instead of having one drive that only took two minutes we need to have a drive that takes you know six seven eight nine minutes off the clock and we have a team that can do that so you you got to buck up at the very end and this team's got to find a way to have a game plan in place for the last five minutes of the quarter or the last five minutes of the game excuse me and be able to milk that clock because we did not milk enough clock. Thank God our defense was playing on freaking 10. So it, it, it was great to see. And, you know, we need we need to fix that. That is a major fix that this uh, team needs to have. I want to jump over to the Steelers side because we do need to talk about it because, I mean, we're going to be facing this Steelers team for a while. Obviously, being in the AFC North, I don't see a division realignment anytime soon. Big Ben looked absolutely awful. And I was listening to Colin Coward today. 
And, you know, say what you want about Colin Coward. I like him just because he says a lot of things I don't agree with. And it's, it, it you know, it, it helps, it challenges you. Um, but he talked a lot about how the Steelers have coddled Big Ben. They haven't, they don't have a replacement ready to go. Like, you know, with the Packers, they had Jordan Love. Um, and, you know, with, with Jimmy G, they got Trey Lance. And there, there is a replacement plan ready to go for this team. And they don't have that with Big Ben. And the, the, the thing is, this team is not going to pick in the top five. They're going to find a way to win games just because Mike Tomlin's a good coach and he's not going to lose games on purpose. That's just not what he does. So it, it's it's they're going to not pick in the top five, and they don't really have a replacement plan. They, they're, they're kind of banking on Ben to keep playing and, and to play better. But, God, he looked awful. He, he overthrew so many receivers. He... Threw two interceptions. One interse- the first one they threw was because Sam Hubbard made a play and got a big hit on him. The second was literally he just threw it right at Logan Wilson, like he wasn't even looking, and he just he just tossed it right at him. It really does look like that this page has been turned in this rivalry. That the Seals are really going to hit a lull and they're really going to hit a you know a downfall, and it looks like they're going to have to. I mean, they're going to have to blow it up and rebuild it, and I don't really know how they're going to do it. They're going to have to sell off a lot of parts that they thought was going to be a part of their future. I mean, I can really see them selling off Juju Smith-Schuster. I can see them selling off Najee Harris to a point because, I mean, they they don't have a replacement for Big Ben. They just don't have it. And they don't have a an idea of what they're going to do after he leaves. So, I mean, because he's going to eventually retire and he can't be playing continuously you know, his entire life. He's not Brady. He's just not. And he doesn't take care of his body. And even after the game, he said everything hurt. And I got to say, I mean, probably a lot of that was us throwing him to the ground. But, I mean, this 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 Steelers team looks really, really bad. And if, if you're a Yinzer and you're a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan, man, I would be worried if I was you. I really would. With the Bengals looking up and up and, and continuing to look up, looks like the Ravens aren't really slowing down at all, even though I don't think they're as good as people are advertising. They're just not slowing down. Again, the Browns, they're at their peak right now. So where where do the Steelers fit in? They fit in right at the bottom of the league, and they're probably going to finish fourth in the league. Uh, they already took a division loss to the Bengals, and then, I mean, they got to play at Cleveland. They got to play at Baltimore. They got to have Cleveland come to, to Heinz Field. They got to have the Ravens come to Heinz Field. I mean, I really don't know where they're going to pick up their wins. And then they got to go to Paul Brown Stadium again and, you know, and – there's going to be a lot less Steelers fans, I'll tell you that. We're going to see a lot less waving yellow towels at that game. So, I mean, that's going to be great to see. Finally, we can get those yellow towels out of Paul Brown Stadium, and, and hopefully we can get some of the Cincinnati faithful to and get more of them to come out to games and start selling more games out. And I, I do think that we're going to sell out this game on Thursday, and I'm really excited to see it. I think Paul Brown's going to be lit up. I, I think they're going to – the Bengals organization has a lot of things planned for that night. I believe that's going to be a front office Paul Round Stadium showing out party, and it's it's going to be great to see. And I'm going to be there, and I can't wait to be a part of it. Honestly, I, I'm really excited to be a part of this uh, future that the Bengals have, and it's just it's it's going to be it's going to be great. And uh, so definitely, if you can find a way to get tickets, get there, get your tickets, get inside of the stadium because you're not going to want to miss it. And it's not going to be the same as sitting on your couch. It's it's going to be different in this environment. We're going to be loud, and then again, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars coming in who are 0-3 and not looking good at all. I mean, they, they took a bad loss to, uh, I believe, Tennessee. Yeah, I want to say Tennessee. 
and and then they they and they look real real bad. So uh, I think we're gonna come out, we're gonna whoop their ass, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep right on going. Then now you're looking at a Bengals team that's three and one. And, you know, they dropped a game that I honestly think they really shouldn't have against Chicago. You saw Joe Burrow throw three picks. That's just never going to happen. Um, and so that we're looking at three and one. And, I mean, that's a hell of a spot to be in this division. And it's 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 great to be in that position. It's great to have to get these wins now early in the year. That way, when you start playing these harder teams and these harder games down the road, um, you can you know, you have all these in your back pocket. You have all these wins in your back pocket that you can use. So, like, if you take a loss where you really probably shouldn't have, you still have a win to back it up, and you still, like, you know, it could really help you in a, a the playoff run because I do think this team's going to make a run, and I think this team's going to play meaningful football towards the end of the stretch. I think they're going to play meaningful football in December, and I think I think they really do have a chance to uh, burst through and, you know, steal wins where they're not supposed to. I think they can go to Baltimore and win. I think they can go to Cleveland and win. I believe that this is a team that really, the sky's the limit. Again, there are limitations. This team's not all the way there yet. We probably are looking at another year before we're seriously in contention for anything. But I got to tell you, this is a great start, and these Bengals are looking great. And you should, you, should be, you should be really excited if you're a Cincinnati fan. It's a great time to be a Bengals fan. Great time to be a Bearcats fan, too, because we're going to go out and we are going to kick Notre Dame's ass. Sorry for any of uh, my Notre Dame fans out there. But if you're going to be at the game, please uh, let me know. I'd love to see you chat some football because I will be in South Bend on Saturday and I'll be there on Thursday night. All right, guys, that's all I have. I like to keep these short and sweet. Thank you guys so much for having uh, the numbers on the interview with Captain Obvious be so great because they really, really were. I really appreciate you all listening. This team's looking good, and you should be very happy this week. And uh, I will see you on Thursday. All right, guys, this was the Back Row of Angle Sports Podcast. I am your host, Josh Miller. Have a good one. I'll see you later. Peace.